Luke chapter number 15, <coughs> starting at verse number 11. Praise God. Luke chapter 15, beginning at verse number 11. And he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. When he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land. He began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and sent him, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks. The swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough in despair, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Praise God. For a little bit tonight. Amen. I've been feeling this for the last few days. Amen. I'm going to preach for a little bit on get up. Get up. Praise God. If you'd raise your hands, ask the Lord to have his way. God, we love you. Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your touch, God, that we feel in this place tonight, Lord. God, we're just asking that your perfect will would be done in this place, God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we need your touch. We need your help today, God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Oh, you're wonderful, Jesus. You're wonderful, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Hallelujah. I can already tell they've booby-trapped my water here. It's a leaning tower of Pisa. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. It's time to get up. Hallelujah. It's time to get up. Praise God. You know, we get comfortable in living for God. Amen. We find our comfort and we find our ease and we find that comfortable place in our walk with God. And we can get to a place that I believe that we are too comfortable. Amen. And it's time that we get back up again. Amen. We, you know, I don't know about you, but uh, in normal living conditions, my favorite thing to do is to go into my house and find my recliner. Amen. I've missed my recliner now for almost eight months, and uh, I miss it drastically. But, but, you know, there's something about getting in there, sitting down, kicking your feet up, leaning back. Amen. And just getting comfortable. Amen. It doesn't matter how cold it is outside. If it's cold enough, you get a little blanket to put over your feet and you just make yourself comfortable. 
Amen. But I'll tell you what, the thing happens in, the, in, the, in our walk with God is we, we kind of spiritually get back into our recliner and we, we get comfortable with where we are. We're still enjoying the presence of God. We're still praying. We're still seeking Him and we're still loving Him and we're still living for Him, but we found ourselves in a comfortable place. And I believe tonight that we are in a time where God is wanting to bring a great revival. And it's not going to happen if we're still kicked back in our recliner, but it's time to get up and get busy with the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Every time we sit back and take a service off, it's one service we've wasted. It's one opportunity that we've wasted. And it's time to get up and not take one day, not take one hour for granted. But it's time to get busy in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I know I talked about this story a couple weeks ago, but in 2 Kings chapters number 6 and 7, we read about a very difficult time in Samaria. Amen. Syria had come against them and besieged them. Amen. Shut them up that they could not go out. And so as days come, the whole point of besieging somebody is to starve them into submission. Amen. You finally get them to a place where their hunger overcomes their fear and they give in and they come and surrender and you've won the battle. And that's what they were trying to do. It was a great famine. They were selling a donkey head for 80 pieces of silver. Hey, man, who wants to come over tomorrow for roasted donkey head? Praise God. Known some folks that ate cow head and I've known folks that ate moose head. Amen, I ain't ate neither and don't plan on it. Praise God. Donkey head for 80 pieces of silver. Dove's dung was selling for five pieces of silver. Amen. Folks were turning to cannibalism. I told the story how that the mothers got together and they cooked one's child one day and they were going to cook the next one the next day. And that mother went and hid her child and that other mother was not mad because she cooked her child. She was mad because the other woman hid hers. Amen. They were in a time of desperation, of hunger. And they were, they were in a bad, bad, bad situation. In 2 Kings chapter 7 and verse number 3, it says that there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate. Amen. They weren't really welcome inside the city. There was nobody really wanted to be around there. They were leprous men. They were unclean men. And there were men that had to walk around stating their case that they were unclean so that people could avoid them. Sitting in at the entering in of the gate. And they said one to another, why sit we here until we die? Amen. They were just as hungry as the ones inside the city. They, they didn't have no food. They had nothing. They were sitting there starving to death. They, they said, why sit we here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city and we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we die also. Whoo. Now therefore come and let us fall unto the host of the Syrians. 
If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. They were sitting there in a situation. Sitting there in their situation. Sitting in their situation. And finally, one of them said to the others, there was four companions, they said, why sit we here until we die? We can sit right here. We've got our comfortable place where we've sat for many years. And uh, why sit we here, though, until we die? They said, we can get up and go back into the city, but the famine is there, and we're going to die. And we can sit still here. We'll die also. Praise God. We understand tonight that there is no going back. Amen. Behind us there is death. Hallelujah. When we came and repented of our sin, we're buried with him in baptism. Our sins were washed away in the saving name of Jesus Christ. And he filled us with the Holy Ghost. He made everything new. The old things were passed away and everything became new. He gave us newness of life. He gave us power. He gave us strength. He gave us joy and peace and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. We know that behind us is death. Amen. There's nothing back there I want to go back to. Uh, There's nothing there that I want to cling to. It's death behind us. Hallelujah. But I want to tell you, but if we sit still right where we are, we die also. Hallelujah. If we sit still, we die also. These men came to the conclusion that if they went to the camp of Syrians and if they fed them, they should live. They said, if they save us alive, we shall live. If they kill us, we shall but die. We know we're going to die behind us. If we sit right here, we know we're going to die right here too. But there's a chance that we might live down there. So verse number five says, and they rose up in the twilight to go unto the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, uh, there was no man there. They arose in the twilight. They said, we've sat here long enough. We've sat here hungry long enough. We've sat here with desire to eat long enough. It's time to arise up and go where we might find food. Hallelujah, we've sat on these pews for a long time with a hunger inside of us, with a desire inside of us. But I tell you what, it's time to quit sitting. It's time to get up and go to the enemy's camp. It's time to go down there and see what we can find. Hallelujah, it's time to get up. We sat long enough. We found our comfortable place long enough. It's time, it's time to get up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. When they got down to that camp, expecting to find this fierce army, expecting to find these ones that were going to kill them probably, they found no man there. 
You see, God in the twilight hour when these four shuffling lepers uh, got up and started walking, uh, God amplified the sound. And what the Syrians heard were not four shuffling men. They heard chariots and great armies marching. They ran for their lives and abandoned everything they had and ran from that place. The first tent they came to, they found some silver or gold. They found garments. And the next tent they found some same. They went and hid it. And they found tables prepared for supper. And they sat down and began to eat. And they had everything they desired. But then, while they was enjoying that steak that someone cooked for somebody else, and them mashed potatoes. They said, wait, we're not, we're not doing good because there's a city behind us that's dying, starving to death, and we have everything we want plus so much more. So they went back to that city, that besieged city, that starving city. Oh, Hallelujah. That city that was desiring something, that was longing for something, uh, that wanted food more than anything else in life. They brought the news and they sent spies to see if it was true. And when it was, they came running uh, to that camp uh, and an entire city was saved uh, because of four men uh, who were not content to sit. Hallelujah, we think sometimes uh, because we're few in number and there's not a whole lot of people that we can't do a whole lot. Uh, I'm telling you, four men uh, who said we're not gonna sit here until we die. I'm not content to sit. They got up, they got up, they got up and brought an entire city salvation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, it might have just been four, amen, that were sick, four that were leprous, four that were outcast, but they said, hey, we've got the answer, we've got what they need. Hallelujah, oh, but they rejected my message, hey, you've got the answer, you've got the answer, get up, get up. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In order for Samaria to find what they were looking for, in order for Samaria to get what they needed, it took four men with courage. I said, let's get up. Mm. Let's get up, let's get up. Why sit we here till we die? If we sit here still, we were gonna die. Amen. We've got to get up. We've got to get up. There's a city of 120,000 people that right now is besieged by an army. An army that has got it locked up and bound up. But I'm telling you, we have the answer. We've got what they're looking for. We've got what they're longing for. But it takes some men. It takes some women who are willing to get up and take it to them. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Oh, but that's too many people. Hey, man, I don't know how many is here tonight, but 50, 60 people, that, that's just too many. I'm telling you what, if you get us, all, every one of us fired up and where we need to be in God and willing to get up, I'm telling you, we can turn old Latham upside down, but it's going to take some folks with the courage to get up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There was a day when Israel and the Philistines were at war. And Eli had Jonathan got up, said to his armor bearer, let's go, let's go find some Philistines. He says, you with me? He said, yes, sir. In verse number six of 1 Samuel chapter 14. Jonathan said to the young man that bare his armor, Come and let us go over unto the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be, it may be, that the Lord will work for us. I love this part. For there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. And just two of them. Jonathan and the armor bearer. Amen. His faithful man that bore his armor. It, it was just the two of them. He said, hey, hey, let's go out here and show ourselves. And it's, God knows he's not limited to have to save by many. He, he can choose to do it by few. And his armor bearer said unto him, do all that is in thine heart. Turn thee. Behold, I am with thee according to thy heart. Praise God. Amen. Pastor Riggett has laid out his burden many times in just a few months since I have been here for this city and for this area. Amen. Challenge us, if you would, to take on the garrison of the Philistines. And I believe that what he's needing in this hour are some men and some women who said, Hey, I am with thee according to thy heart. Hey, whatever your plan is, whatever your idea is, I'm behind you all the way. I'm with you. I'll fight with you. I'll go with you. It don't matter if we're outnumbered. It don't matter how big the garrison is. I am with thee. <laughs> Hallelujah. I am with thee. I'm with thee. Then said Jonathan, Behold, we will pass over unto these men, and we will discover ourselves unto them. If they say thus unto us, Tarry until we come to you, then we will stand still in our place and will not go up unto them. But if they say thus, Come up unto us, then we will go up. For the Lord hath delivered them into our hand, and this shall be a sign unto us. And both of them discovered themselves or showed themselves under the garrison of the Philistines. And the Philistines said, Behold, the Hebrews come forth out of the holes where they had hid themselves. Begin to mock them. The men of the garrison answered Jonathan and his armor bearer and said, Come up to us and we will show you a thing. Amen. Cocky and arrogant. 
Amen. We're still facing an enemy just like it. Saying, come out here and we'll show you a thing. That's exactly what Jonathan wanted to hear. Jonathan said unto his armor bearer, come up after me. For the Lord hath delivered them into the hand of Israel. And Jonathan climbed up upon his hands and upon his feet and his armor bearer after him. And they fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer slew after him. And that first slaughter which Jonathan and his armor bearer made was about 20 men within, as it were, a half acre of land which a yoke of oxen might plow. He said, hey, if they tell us to come up here, we're going to go up there. And we're going to take that as a sign that God has delivered them into our hands. That enemy tried to intimidate them, tried to get them to cower down and said, hey, they've come out of their holes. They've come out of their hiding place. Why don't you come up here and we'll show you a thing. Jonathan said, woo, hey man, there's our answer. There's our answer. They told us to come up there. That means God's already delivered them into our hand. And Jonathan said, come on. And he came up right after him. And as Jonathan slew right behind him, his armor bearer slew well. And they slew 20 men in a half acre of land. It happened because of a man who was willing to get up. Hallelujah, was tired of the foxholes, was tired of the hiding place, was tired of an enemy defying them, and said, hey, it's time to get up. It's time to go win a victory. As Jonathan slew, I already said this, but as Jonathan slew, his armor bearer slew behind him. You want a key to revival? not to leave all the men to slay to your pastor. It's not to leave all the enemies slaying up to him. Amen. We need to slay our share as well. Hallelujah. Since a few weeks ago, we talked about Abishai who came to the aid of David and said, hey, we're not letting you come out here anymore lest the light be quenched. Hallelujah, do we still have an Abishai around or the Abishai's have gone back into hiding because he came back from Africa? Hallelujah, are we willing to follow him into battle and slay our men as he slays his? Are we behind him still? Are we still fighting behind him to see that dream and that plan and that vision come to fruition? Hallelujah, I tell you what, it is the will of God for revival. It is the will of God for growth. It is the will of God to see souls filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, but I'll tell you what, as a church, we've got to be willing to get up. We've got to be willing to get up. Hallelujah, God is not limited to save by many or by few. Hallelujah, he can save by many and he can save by few. What he's looking for is a few who are willing to get up, a few who are willing to step out and fight. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Amen. You may not feel like this next story fits this message, but the text that we read about this prodigal son. A man, this man who chose to leave his father, chose to walk away. His father divided his portion unto him. Bible said he spent it on riotous living. Finally came a day when he had spent everything and he was destitute and broke in a far country. He hired himself out to feed pigs. Amen. Which, by the way, was an abomination unto the Jews to touch pigs. Amen. And there he was in the lowest place that he could ever have imagined himself. There he was and was so hungry yet that he still would have fed himself with that pig slop. The Bible says that he came to himself. Hallelujah. One day things just kind of clicked and he came to himself. He said, how many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare? I perish with hunger. I will arise. I've sat here in this place long enough. He made all his plans, planned out his whole speech while he was yet still sitting in the muck and mire of the pig pen. But in verse number 20 of Luke 15, it says, And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. The father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand, <clears throat> shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. <clears throat> Hallelujah. I guess the point that I'm wanting to bring out of the story today, obviously it's an awesome story of redemption. It's an awesome story, amen, of God bringing somebody to him that has walked away from him. And it seems like no matter how far we walk away, God is sitting there with open arms waiting for us to come home. Praise God. But in order for us to do so, we have to come to ourselves, and we have to arise. <clears throat> Hallelujah. And if we could take that one aspect of this story, we can sit here tonight and, and we can talk about doing a work for God. We can sit around here and, and dream about growth. We can sit here and talk about how great it will be. But as long as we're still sitting, nothing is going to change. This man, he planned it all out. He had it all laid out before him while he was still sitting 
in the pig pen. But in order to get to daddy's house, there came a day when he finally had to say, okay, this is the day. And he arose and went to his father's house. Hallelujah. I believe that God has great things. I believe it with everything in me. I feel I mean, I feel so strongly that God is wanting to do something special. And I'm not talking about down the road. I'm talking about now. Hallelujah. I have felt it for several weeks that God has something special in store for the immediate history of this place right now. I believe it with everything. I mean, we saw Sunday what can happen. Hallelujah. In the presence of God. And that's just a small taste, I believe, of what God has for us. Amen. But we as the church have got to be willing to get up. We've got to quit just planning it out and talking about how it's going to happen. We've got to get up and put action behind what our words and our thoughts and our dreams are. Amen. I'm preaching to myself today as much as anybody. Amen. We have all got to be willing to get up. There are great blessings ahead, but we're never going to see it as long as we're kicked back in the recliner somewhere. We've got to get out of the comfort zone and say, I'm going to get up. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 35 says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Amen. He was working for his kingdom. He was healing and preaching, and I believe preaching the gospel, preaching salvation unto these people. But when he saw the multitudes... He was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. He was moved with compassion. Moved with compassion. Moved with compassion. Verse 37, then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous. But the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Hallelujah. The harvest is plenteous. But the laborers are few. Pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. I believe that we ought to pray that God would send forth laborers. But I also feel that we ought to pray that God would make us laborers. Praise God. I know that there are some with physical ailments that you can't get out and knock doors and bust on the streets. All that. I understand that, okay? I understand that you can't. But we can impact our world around us. 
Hallelujah. One of the greatest examples I've ever seen of somebody that was so frail and weak, but yet impacted the world so strongly was a lady in my home church growing up. Sister Farmer was her name. Had been a missionary, had worked for the kingdom of God. And she was stricken with a disease that didn't even have the strength to stand or hardly even sit. Amen. She came very faithfully to church. They carried her in, set her in a recliner. They picked her up. They carried her back out, wheeled her in a wheelchair. All the, all every service, she had no strength. In a service, boy, there'd be people dancing, shouting all over the place. All she could do was lift up one arm. But never would you go visit her in the nursing home where she was, where she was not talking to God. She prayed for hours and hours every day. Every once in a while, she'd, she'd get your attention. Make sure you knew she was praying for you. Never understood the impact of it until she was gone. And all of a sudden, that prayer warrior wasn't there anymore. And what a difference it was. So I understand that there's sometimes that we can't, but we can do what we can Laying in a bed where she could not get up and walk the floor and pray. She couldn't beat her fist. She couldn't stomp her feet. She laying there just frailly talking to God, but yet with power. I tell you what, there was authority there. There was something. She could shake things. Because she was willing, yes, she could not physically arise. But every day she got up and went to work for the kingdom. I'll tell you what, I'm feeling resistance right now. I don't know where it's coming from, but I'm telling you what, we better have, better have that same kind of idea that when we get up in the morning, it's time to get up and go to work. It's time to get up and shake our world. It's time to get up and somehow make a difference for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. If all you can do is pray, then honey, pray with everything you've got. Pray, 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 pray that God would send forth laborers. Hallelujah. But for those of us that still have the ability, we better pray that God would help us to be a laborer. That God would help us to be sensitive and to feel and hear the voice of God when someone's there in need. Hallelujah. 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 I feel sometimes that too often we, we get up with concerns about our own personal life. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, I believe with his, his burns in me that somehow in the hour that we're living and God has chosen us to live in the last days of the church. He's chosen us, called us to this time, this hour, for this purpose. Hallelujah. And somehow we have got to be kingdom-minded. 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 Not a personal 
kingdom, but the kingdom of God. In Luke chapter 14 and verse 16, I'm almost done if you just bear with me for a few more minutes. Then said he unto him, a certain man made a great supper, Luke 14 and 16, and bade many, sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I don't know about you, but if I buy land, I'm probably going to look at it before I buy it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I don't know if I'm going to buy a car without test driving it either. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. <laughs> Praise God. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. And the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. The feast was all ready. It was prepared. And the master came to the servant and said, it is ready. Let's go have a party. And the servant went to tell the guests. And they all began to make up an excuse. And he came back and told the master. The master was angry. He said, go out there and find the poor, the halt, the maimed, and the blind. You see, the first ones that were invited that he tried to reach out to, I don't believe for any, any second that there are levels of people that God cares about more than others, okay? But just for the sake of this story, these, all these maybe contemporaries of his is who he had first invited. And when they would not come, he said, okay, let's go out in the streets and find the poor, the halt, the maimed, the blind. And they went out and found all of them, and they still, the house was not full. So he said, go out into the highways and the hedges and compel. That word compel means to necessitate, compel, drive to constrain by force or threats, by permission, entreaties, etc., by other means. Whatever you've got to do to get them here. Compel them that my house may be filled. You see, I believe that God doesn't care where people come from. God doesn't care where they are. 
He's just giving us commands today to get up and go and compel them. If some begin to make excuse on why they can't go, then move on to someone else that's hungry. Amen. I know that there's some that we work on and work on and work on. I don't want us to give up on that. We, we've got to keep working on them. But I'm telling you, we can't waste all of our energy trying to get someone to come that constantly is making excuses, that constantly doesn't want to come. And I tell you what, there are many people out here that are willing to come. We've just got to be willing to get up and find them. Amen. This servant, he had to go out and find where they were hiding. He had to find them in the highways, in the hedges, out in the streets, in the byways, in the back alley, wherever it was. He had to find them and compel them. Compel them. Compel them. I heard a story told, I believe it was by Brother Ballastero, if I remember correctly, told of a church that he was at where this one lady, or I believe it was the pastor, went on, went out door knocking in a trailer park, and he, he went all around and passed knocked on every door and was leaving, and he, he just felt checked that he, he had missed something. And so he, he went back around again, and and he, he said, man, I've been to all these. And all of a sudden, he noticed at this one place, there was an extension cord running out back. And so he kind of walked around that back. Behind this one, there was another old shack trailer back there. And he went and knocked on the door, invited someone out to church. And I don't remember how many folks, but that woman came in, was converted, filled with the Holy Ghost, and became a soul winner that won like over 100 people to God, if I remember the story correctly. You see, we've got to compel them, but we also have to go where they are. We've got to be willing to get up and go. Whoever we can find. Whenever the opportunity arises, wherever we are. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what, I didn't hear that message live, but it shook me. Whoever, wherever, whenever. But we've got to get up. Hallelujah. This is to give you hope that I'm almost done. We have to get up and compel. Compel compel who knows if somewhere tonight right here in this city out back of someone's house in a shack there's a person that can turn this city upside down but if we never go and never get up how will we ever find Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't want to end this on a negative note, folks. It's time to get up. It's time to get up. Hallelujah. We've been having such a powerful move of God. And I'm telling you, you bring folks that are hungry into that type of move of God. We see the results of what can happen. But we can't have that happen if they aren't here. 
We can't have it happen if they aren't here. If we don't find them and compel them to come. I've tried a couple different times to work in sales. And I pray the Lord has ultimately delivered me from that because I don't care to ever go back. But in one of the jobs that I had in insurance sales, we were going door to door. The major thing we went on training on was overcoming rejection. Because you go in trying to sell something, cold calling a business, the very first thing they're going to tell you is no. But to be an effective salesman, you cannot hear them say no. But you got to keep coming at them from different directions, trying to get around the no. You're going to hear no a lot of times, but somehow we got to keep coming at it from different directions because, folks, we have the answer. You know what? I believed in the product I was selling. It was a good product. Paid out a lot of money for people that needed it. It was a good product. I didn't mind selling. It was a good product. But in order for people to understand the kind of product you were selling, you had to be able to get that, sit down with them and explain it to them. So somehow you had to get around that first note. Folks, we have, I hate to even say it this way, we've got the product. We've got the answer. Yes, they may say no the first time. They may say, hey, get off my porch. Get away from my house. I'm telling you what, we have the answer. Are we going to sit here until we die? Are we going to sit here till we die? Where the only church growth, I, I've been to some churches where the, the only church growth was years. And kids became older and got married and had kids and that was the church growth. But I don't believe that's the plan of God for church growth. I don't believe that's the plan of God for kingdom growth. Amen. But somehow we've got to go out in the highways and the edges. We, we've got to go out in the back alleys if it takes that. We're, wherever we've got to go. But somehow, if every time we go out of the house, we pray, God, make me sensitive. God, if there's somebody, won't you help me to be sensitive to their need? Help me to reach somebody today. Even when we're going about doing our business that somehow that God would make an opportunity where we can begin to talk to somebody about the kingdom of God. That somehow God would open a door where we can reach them. Are we going to sit here until we die? Or are we going to get up? How are we going to get home? How are we going to get home? Hallelujah. If we invited one person between now and Sunday morning, if every one of us could invite one person, it'd be 50 people or more. If we invited one a day, over a week, you're talking a few hundred people But in order to do that, we have to get up and step out 
of that comfort zone. Hallelujah. Step out of the comfort zone. I'm going to ask you tonight. I don't ask for a show of hands.